Welcome to The Positivity Effect, where paying it forward and doing something positive in someone's life can provide them with the confidence and motivation to do the same for someone else. Like a stone dropped into a lake, let's create a ripple effect of positivity throughout our world. And it begins with your host, Dr. Thomas Retcher. Hey, what's up, guys? Dr. Tom here, and you're listening to The Positivity Effect, episode number 92, Getting to the Root of It. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's show. It means the world to me that you guys are here and you're listening and you're looking to also create a ripple effect of positivity throughout your world, not only just this world as a whole, but your world specifically. So this has been sort of a hiatus for me. I took a step back uh, from the show for a little bit. There's been some some things in my own life that I've I've been going through and I had to sort through and and I needed to kind of step back and give myself some mental space so I can come back fresh and approach the show in a new light, in a new way to make it even more impactful for you, for you guys. So what I decided to do is the show is it's no longer going to be a daily interview. You're going to be hearing two interviews every week, and it's going to be with one person. You're going to hear an interview with that person on a Monday and a Wednesday. And on Sunday, my fiance, Jen, is going to be joining me for our What Would Jen Do (laughs) edition of The Positivity Effect. It's so much fun having her on. And we're going to talk about our life, our relationship, and lessons that we learned from the guest that was on during the week. Now, I really enjoyed doing the daily interviews, but I wanted to tighten the show up. I wanted to make it even more impactful so that you guys can get one or two or three big, strong, powerful nuggets from each week that you can apply to your lives. Sometimes hearing many lessons throughout the week, you may not be locking in and and learning from that one seriously powerful lesson. So that's going to be the new format. I am super excited about it, and I thank you guys for being patient and waiting for me to get back to you. It it really means the world that you are here and and you're part of this show and and listening and and hearing from you guys when you reach out to me how the show is impacting your life. So thank you for that. And in addition, I'm going to be building something for you. I'm building a community out for the positivity effect. That is this next big thing that I'm looking to do with the show, and I'd love to keep you updated about it. So just text 44222. You're going to text the word positivity to 44222 and just look out for that text that you're going to get back from me and you'll be able to sign up and we'll get more information out to you over the coming weeks and months and I'm super excited about it. So again, guys, text positivity to 44222. My guest today, Mike Dasiak is the CEO of Interactive Body Balance, a vibrant health practice that is centered around his training of functional diagnostic nutrition. Basically, Mike helps his clients get to the root cause of why they have health issues that they're having. Mike shares a powerful story today about how when he was working for IBM for 15 years, any presentations he did on technology turned into conversations about health. All the top executives making a lot of money 
were more interested in speaking with Mike about how they can improve their health. Mike began to realize that, that fundamentally, there's something going on with how we approach health as a collective whole. And he sought out training and built methodologies that he applies today with all of his clients, which you're going to hear about. We talk about health. We talk about stress, goal feedback, setting personal boundaries, and so much more. So without further ado, please welcome to The Positivity Effect, Mike Dasiak. Hey, what's going on, Mike? Welcome to The Positivity Effect, man. Thanks so much, Thomas, for having me. I appreciate uh, being here. Absolutely, and thank you so much for jumping on. Uh, Really quick, I just want to make a point, because it's awesome for me, that you are one of the greatest street hockey players in Canada. (laughs) That is awesome. Yeah, yeah, we uh, yeah, yeah. we uh, we won a title for yeah, greatest street hockey players in in Canada, and it was uh, 2009. We won the national championships uh, three on three. It was down in uh, Windsor, Ontario, so it was great. We beat Winnipeg in the finals, and uh, and you get your uh, your sticks, gloves, and shirt in the Hockey Hall of Fame. So you get the stuff in in Toronto. You get all your gear put in there for a year, and it's uh, it's pretty amazing stuff. You know, it's just amazing. I, I you guys are like Canada is like a hockey like producing machine like so many of the NHL players are from Canada it's just amazing how many players come out from Canada and, and it's you guys bleed you bleed hockey you know and, Dom, it's true my friend and I say that because uh, just today before I see some of my patients um, I have a one and a half year old and he has a stick in his hand since he was probably six months old all by himself we never put it there and he will shoot constantly there's videos on my facebook page and i think on a couple of the other medias uh but he will shoot and we we try and take him away from it and he wants to stick for probably six hours a day so it's inherent in him <laughs> and i guess he sees his older brothers doing it too and myself playing but it's unbelievable my wife mike, said, this he goes this isn't normal mike <laughs> mike that's said. that's not fair man how, how, do you, how do you compete with that that's not fair <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's, I guess it's true. It's like a lot of the other sports. You know, the Brazilians with the soccer, and you know, right. they grow up with the ball at their feet, playing in the sand before they even start on a field. It's so. Crazy. That's yeah. Awesome. No, it's, it's a great, a great country and great people. They love their sport. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so Mike, if someone does a little research on you and they see what you're about and 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 how you're helping your patients today, it's it's really interesting. Especially you know, just when I was doing a little research on you and learning about this whole the functional diagnostic nutrition program. Yeah. Can you can you dive into that a little bit? Yeah, I know you had graduated from this program in, in California and and just a little, you know, little basis of a little jump off point before we kind of get into uh, some deeper topics about how you help your your clients. Yeah, no for sure. I'll, I'll kind of backstep even one more than that, uh, Thomas in the sense of uh, I spent 15 years at IBM. So I I did a lot of time in IBM. I was great, great to company to uh to work for and while I was meeting with this, a lot of executives and a lot of professionals, every presentation I did on technology turned to health. And I, it, maybe they knew who I was through the web or they knew who I was in terms of what I was studying. But because in the meantime, I had my personal training certification as well. And I was going to school for functional diagnostic nutrition. So again, every presentation went to health. Every executive wanted to talk about health. So I said, there's something here. And so, you know, late nights, long, early mornings while I, you know, I have a family as well. And I went to FDN and we learned about functional medicine, which is basically, let's look at it as an alternative way to the conventional system. So a lot of, you know, traditional ways is allopathic where, People will, you know, go to your doctor, they'll spend 8 to 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, you know, with a headache or something might be wrong with their body or an ache and pain, and they'll see your doctor, and then, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, you might leave with a prescription. We spend a lot more time getting to the root cause and understanding why you have the gut pain, why do you have headaches, why do you have a lot of, you know, fibromyalgia is the term that doctors use, why do you have chronic pain? So we dive really deep into it to understand 
root cause, root source to see how we can help you along because, and again, we'll talk more about the patients later, but we get really, really deep with a lot of people and, you know, when they might say they have, you know, some emotional issues or depression or they can't get pregnant, infertility issues, we know it's much deeper than that and we dive really far into it to understand what it is and we heal the person as a whole kind of from the holistic soul part. You know, Mike, it's really interesting just in my own life to hear that because, uh, I, I've been through a doctoral program, and I'm an audiologist. I help people with hearing loss. Yeah. And I've connected with so many doctors. Uh, the, you know, I'm a young guy, but I've, I'm getting out there now. I'm really starting to to get into the field and to help a lot of people. And even in my own life, it, it's really like probably within the last couple of years, especially connecting with people like yourself, I'm really learning about all of this 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 non traditional medica- ways of helping yourself and ways of correcting issues within your body and your mind. And I am starting to really change my opinion about that whole way that you approach things when you are, you know, of course, if you don't know what's going on, it's definitely important to see a doctor and to yeah. to get that, that opinion. But just in my own life, I've noticed just becoming more attuned with my body thing when, you know, this is getting a little technical and I don't want to get too crazy, you know, I want to keep it more uh, open, generic, but like just even just making shifts where I'm not using, uh, you know, deodorant with aluminum in it or I'm... Yep. I'm not, you know, really paying attention to the caffeine intake in my body and, and even, you know, how is, how is things like gluten and bread affecting my body or how, how is dairy affecting my body? So it, it really, it's interesting to hear you uh, say that and how, and that's really the approach that you take with your clients. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I, and I enjoy it because again, a lot of the, the, my patients who believe it or not, they're medical doctors. So I have a lot of medical doctors in my program and they're amazing at surgeries. They're great at acute injuries and, and you know, this world is amazing with them in it and they, they're so helpful in so many different ways. But a lot of the chronic, like you mentioned, long-term nutrition, dietary uh, um, care, you know, it's something that, that we focus on and we look at that, you know, it takes longer to understand, it takes longer to heal that way. But it's a lot of that chronic pain that we deal with and the people that have had, you know, uh, they, felt, they haven't felt great for 10 or 15 years. And when you start looking at diet and lifestyle and stress, um, it really becomes obvious where the issues are, Thomas, and that's what we focus on. And, and I mean, the stories are nothing short of miraculous and there's many that we can talk about later, but it's, it's the way to do it. And, you know, I augment that working with a medical doctor. I have a lot of peers that I work with and we balance information off each other. So it's kind of like a teaming effort. Um, both here in Canada and the U.S. And actually, we have patients all around the world, Australia, uh, U.K., everywhere. So it's excellent. That's awesome. That's awesome. So how did so so how does that segue into the, that program that you look to uh, yeah. that you graduated from? Yeah. So I was so what I was when I was driving between corporate calls, Thomas. I was listening to podcasts, and uh, I would literally, you know, I was thinking to myself, I'm listening to all these wonderful, you know, MDs, uh, NDs, you know, functional doctors, practitioners, just even people who have healed themselves. And I'm driving between, you know, client A and client B, and I'd listen and learn. I'm thinking, okay, I'm spending a lot of time learning. I must have spent three hours a day, Thomas, on the podcast, you know, listening to podcasts. I'm so on amazing too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's, there's so, it's a great medium to do it. it. Really and I thought, is, yeah. I might as well get certified and go do all the programming, uh, to, you know, to be able to teach this and to learn it and to run the labs and, and, and meet with patients. So and I said, okay, so then I enrolled in the program basically after I would say at least three or four years of listening to so much medical and functional medicine advice, just driving between, uh, between clients at IBM. And then that segued right into it and then spent, uh, you know, the better part of a year taking the program. And, you know, it was just excellent. It's the best thing I've ever, ever done in terms of, uh, you know, uh, in education, business, functional medicine, it's it's a great program. Um, good people, good you know, 
to this day, even when I meet with patients every single day, I can refer back to the board. They have a board of uh, directors there. They have doctors that you can access and NDs that you can get on the phone with any point in time and just and run uh, ideas off them and run patient profiles past them. So it's it's excellent. I'm glad that you that you brought that up because I think especially nowadays, um, this generation, everybody's feeling that like you know. What's the what's the the benefit of having traditional schooling or even going for some kind of certification program? And I know myself just through the schooling I went through, and 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 now that you know the story that you're sharing, there there is such a benefit to having that to having that not the knowledge, uh, and not only just the knowledge, but the, it. I'm sure also when you went through that program, it helped you think more critically with how you approach your clients and how you approach their health, and then not just that that critical thinking component. But also now that that networking component that you have, how you said you, it's just like this team of people that you're able to reach out with, um, you know. So when we think of like certification programs or college, there there still is that importance there. And I sometimes when I, I always like to bring that up when people are listening that you know don't get too caught up in that that like mindset that people have nowadays of like just don't go to college, just go build something your own. You know, it, there's there's people that are meant for college or people that are not meant for college. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, I think you get my point. You know what? I, I get your point. I completely agree. And, and I was lucky or fortunate, kind of like yourself, Thomas. I've done both. So I went to university and did my undergrad for four years in Ryerson here in Toronto. And then I even went to college after to pursue more nutrition education before I took any other programs or worked you know, anywhere else and continue. So I've seen both sides of it. And you're right. It, you do what works for you. But I know a lot of people are jumping right into the entrepreneurial world right after high school and to each his own. But no matter what, it's good to get that foundation and that ability to critically think. Like you mentioned, you're right on. And a lot of the people that I went to undergrad with, even professors or, or peers, we still talk to this day. And they're in every, you know, they have their MBAs. They're, they're working for multiple companies. And we still network with them. So it's great. And it also teaches you time management, you know, uh, conventional schooling, discipline, you know, getting things done on time. And I say that because even in my line of work, owning my own business now, Thomas, you know, hiring people right out of school or out of uh, university, you have to, like a lot of them, unfortunately, some people think there's an entitlement issue, but yes, the university yes. teaches them, you know, discipline. It teaches them to get assignments done on time. Because even up here in Canada, a lot of the high schools, unfortunately, you know, if you miss a deadline in high school, you can hit it in a week later. And that just blows my mind that anyone allows you to do that because in the real world, that doesn't happen. And when you when you go and I was doing RFPs for big companies and I had to hand in a you know a ten million dollar RFP, if you had a twelve o'clock deadline, Thomas, it had to be in at twelve o'clock, both soft copy and hard copy. And if you miss that deadline, they don't care about excuses, you're out. Right? You do not get to participate in that deal and you are done. So, you know, conventional schooling and, and, and university or college really teaches you discipline, networking. I mean, I wouldn't change it personally. It was a great, you know, my undergrad was a great four years of my life. Um, but also there's always continue to educate yourself and learn. And that's kind of what we'll maybe we'll talk to you later in this podcast. But I, I love to learn every single day. And I'll, I think I'll be doing that until the day I die in terms of certifications or licensing or, or what have you. Yeah, I think that's the biggest takeaway is whether it's university or you're going to some certification program. It doesn't stop when you get that degree or or whatever you know program you go through. Continually, you know, until the day that you die, you just continually learn. You continually adapt, and even especially with with we're talking about health today, and that's that's the the niche, the field that you that you're in. Yep, it, it's not. That's always going to change too. You know, it's not just technology that that we think of today. That's always changing. The way that we look at health and the way that we understand health is always continually evolving. So I'm glad that you brought that point up. So Mike, I want to ask you really one core concept topic I want to focus on for the rest of the call today, and that's about 
if somebody has low energy, what you know, first, what is that? What does that look like, and how do we get past that? But before we 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 talk about that, why health, Mike? Why why health? Why focus on health for you? Uh, for me personally, it is the genesis of everything. So uh, I was again, we talked about earlier. I was a hockey player growing up, and you know, I got injured really young playing hockey. I, I broke my collarbone, my clavicle. So from 15 years on, I started training. So I was working out, training. Uh, on my own, I did it with uh, with another player, and we just started with the health. Ever since so 15 and on, it's always been a part of my life. Um, I understand it's critical to everything you do. So a lot of my peers and mentors will say, Thomas, you know, they say you can't do anything without your health, and that is so true. So you could have all the money in the world, um, you can't buy your health back. You could have you know uh, family, and if you're not healthy and you can't play with your kids or your spouse, your like your spouse, partner, whatever you have. Um, it's really, really going to, um, you know, it's going to take a lot out of you. So I understood early on that health is tremendously paramount. It's important for every aspect of life. I've seen people's health uh, deteriorate really quickly from abusing substances in terms of it doesn't matter what it was. So it's always been a big focus for me and it's always been something I know that's critical to everything you do in life. And and so for me, it's if it's physical fitness, if it's brain health, if it's thinking or just using uh, ways to help people, um, it's tremendously important. So if somebody comes to you and they, and they say, Mike, I, I'm exhausted. I, I don't know where to even start. My work is suffering. I, I, I have a short temper with my spouse, with my partner. I, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. What does that conversation start like? Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. And I get a lot of those and I get even deeper. When, and um, a lot of them will even say, Thomas, they'll say, you know, have gut problems, brain problems. Every problem you can think of, they'll come to me with and I, a lot of it is tied back from what I see in my practice and there's many different, obviously everyone's unique, but a lot of it has to do with the daily stress that they endure in life. So they're stressed out about finances, they're stressed out about uh, relationships, they have, you know, they're, they're juggling multiple balls, they have three or four kids and basically what they're doing is deteriorating their body and, and when I look at that, you know, I, I, there's a study out there, Thomas, where it says, uh, and this is, you know, I could give you the research paper on it too, but it's like, you could have somebody, Thomas, who unfortunately, you know, smokes and drinks. That's, you know, say patient number A. Smokes and drinks and they have really no stress in their life. And then you have, you know, patient number two where they're in, in shape, they're fit, but they have a lot of stress in their life. So they're stressed out about a lot of different things. And that patient B with a lot of stress will die before patient A. And they did like 3,000 person study on it. And it's, it just shows you, Thomas, what I'm trying to say is that stress kills. And I could, you know, it's, I see it in my practice. So what I would do is, you know, I can look at them and I, I go through their history in terms of what they're doing, where they're at. Um, you know, I even go really far back into their life because this is what I do. And we look at a lot of what's happening relationship wise, work wise, family wise. And then, you know, I'll run a, a simple panel on them if it's just a basic uh, patient and we'll run a sample uh, a stress panel on them to see how stressed out they are, to see how their hormones are doing, to see how basically their physiology is doing. And then we'll match that up with their symptoms and we can, you know, go forward from there. Isn't that incredible? I mean, you think of the, you hear stories about like, uh, you know, an older grandma who's, she's in her eighties or late early nineties and she's, she's drinking, you know, I'm not saying I'm not endorsing drinking, but you nope. just hear the story that, that she's, you know, drinking beer or smoking and, and she's completely happy and healthy. So it's, it's interesting. <laughs> and then you hear about somebody that's shoveling down two bowls of kale every day and yep. eating blueberries and smoothies and running six days a week and, and, and then they, they die of a heart attack at 50. So Yeah, it's, it's, it really hits home. It resonates with me. You're, you're exactly right, Thomas. And, and I had that because I had a patient in my office here 
And she sat there and she goes, I just lost a friend at 42. Nobody know why, you know, they don't know why she passed away. And, and, I, and after I was consulting with her on her own case and I, I gave her the examples of stress and we looked at her hormones and physiology and I said, this is, you know, I gave it to her, this is exactly what happens when you're stressed and this is how it de de depletes your body. And, and she looked at me like with this stunned look on her face, she said, that's what killed her because she was a runner six days a week, she was a mom, she had two jobs and, and the cause was they don't know, like no cancer, no heart disease and she just passed away. And I guarantee, I, she wasn't my patient that did, did that but I guarantee it was the stress and it just got to her, it overwhelmed her and we don't need to get too technical on cortisol and all that but it's exactly what happened to her and it, and it overran her body and you know, now you know, a young lady is, is deceased. So it's, it's something that people uh, know about but they, I don't think they take seriously until they end up usually you know, on long term disability or don't want to get out of bed or have a lot of serious health issues that come up because that's usually when they come to see myself. You know, you hear that metaphor all the time in, in the health industry about how you have to be selfish about yourself first and you have to put, you know, if you, the airplane metaphor that you put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you take care of anybody else. Yep. Why, what, when, you, when you talk to somebody and, and they're reaching out to you for help, what, what is it about that these issues with stress? Why are people not taking that time to stop and think about taking care of themselves first to, you know, to recognize that if they do that, you know, what, what are those conversations like when you're sitting down with somebody and, and you're trying to get to the bottom of why they're not taking care of themselves? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a great, it's almost a paradox I'll tell you about it too. So a lot of them, and there's, it's a two part question. So again, a lot of people come to see me is this, they'll spend their whole life, you know, trying to climb the corporate ladder. And I, again, I come from corporate and I have a lot of, you know, VPs, CEOs, CFOs, They'll spend their whole life climbing the corporate ladder, chasing the money and chasing success, you know, giving up their health. And then when they get it, they spend all their money, give, you know, giving it to me or somebody else to get their health back. <laughs> that's crazy. Right? And it's so true every time. And that's, and that's not, I'm not saying it's selfish because they're amazing people, but, you know, they're climbing that ladder to get to this place of status and reputation. Like, if you ever ask somebody, Thomas, you know, what do you do? They'll say, I'm a lawyer, I'm a teacher, you know, I, whatever. Well, it's not really who you are, it's what you do. Right, but who you are as a person, you know, is what you give to this world and the value Adam will get into later. But these people that climb the corporate ladder, they really sacrifice their health for, for I guess, for their, the 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 joy of their family, you know, to provide for their family to make a lot of money. Uh, because, and then the second point or second part of your question, Thomas, is they're really good people and they mean well and they want to do it. So I had a gentleman. Uh, he sat in my office and he had a really bad report and his labs came back very. And he like slammed his fists on the table, Thomas, and he got mad and he says. See, I'm killing myself trying to help my mom, trying to help my brother, trying to help my dad, you know, financially and emotionally and, and it was a work thing too. And he goes, but I'm killing myself. And he was angry because he got really angry because his results came back as somebody wow. who's really stressed out, really not doing well, you know, weight gain, uh, you know, fatigue, lethargy, etc. And you could see it, you know. And, and so my point to that is that he, he did it for the right reasons to help family, right, to help his, his mother and father. But he was doing so much and too much of it that it was killing him. So you know, I, I had an interesting uh, conversation with somebody about goals too, and, and now just talking about this this gentleman that you're, you're speaking of. Yeah. If I was to dissect it, in 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 his mind, his goal was that he was going to help this person, help that person, help all these people that are close to him, and the feedback from that was by helping them. It was almost like in his mind, even though he probably wouldn't admit to that, but he was looking for that feedback that he's helping them and that he's seeing them now benefiting from his help, from his work. And 
when we think about those goals that we have, I think a big way to kind of step back from them is, is if we just approach them um, almost as a, as a stipulation that we're, we're going to do them, but we're not connecting our mind with the actual feedback with the goal. Yep. If, if that makes sense. Um, no, it completely makes sense. You know, yeah, because it's you're going to do it, but you're not you're not going to do it for the feedback. You're going to continue to do it, regardless. You know, because I think that's why people get so stressed out is they're waiting for that feedback from whatever they're trying to do. Yeah, it's yes, yeah, it's, it's like that affirmation or or the, the even the pat on the shoulder or the you know the feedback that you you've helped me along. You've you've you know you've done it, and, and it might not even come. And even with this particular gentleman, and and looking at his case, he just. You know, in my line of other people, he didn't set boundaries. And so for even myself, Thomas, you know, because I'm pulled many different directions. And at one point I had, you know, three jobs and I have four kids myself, is that you have to set boundaries. And what do I mean by that is you have to say no sometimes. You have to, yes. when you're tired or when you don't feel like, you know, you know, I, I get asked daily to do business ventures, right? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Do you want to joint ventures, whatever, open up this new place? And you have to, you have to, you know, tune into, I'm a spiritual guy myself, but tune into your inner self and say, what do you really want to do? Does this make sense? And is it going to take away from your own well-being, like you kind of mentioned with the oxygen mask? And a lot of people don't want to let people down, Thomas, and they don't want to say no to a lot of people, but they, it, setting boundaries is, is super important in this world. And if they don't, like you, we just saw with, you know, with this gentleman, it, it detracts from his own health and then he's in a different predicament later on that he has to get out of. But setting boundaries is really important. And even back to him, you know, he was looking for that even uh, affirmation from the people. And if it came or didn't come, it was, you know, it's how we felt. Yeah, it's, it's like sometimes, sometimes that no is actually the best thing that you can do for that family. If we're talking about this example, we're continuing yep. with that metaphor, the example of, of helping family members, whether it's with our, our mind, with our energy, with our time, with our, with our money. Sometimes yep. that no is the best thing you can do for them. And yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's powerful. It's, it's so true, Thomas, and, 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 and a lot of people like me and maybe even yourself too and in a lot of people, uh, sometimes when you do too much for people, you enable them. And when you enable them, they'll always keep coming to you for health. They'll come to you if it's money. You know, but you know, a lot of people come to you because if you continue to enable them and help them along, they don't have to stand on their own two feet. And when you don't have to stand on your own two feet, they become dependent on you. And it's it's not good for their own well being. So it's it's taking away from you. And you know you have your own life to live, Thomas. I have my own life to live. And we obviously want to help other people. And we this is what we do for our living. But it also it doesn't allow them to stand on their own two feet. And it's actually giving them a crutch as opposed to enabling them because they're not learning what it's like to to be out on their own or to help themselves or take care of their own health or finances or whatever it may be. Yeah, and 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 again, talking about this gentleman that you're working with, it just it sounds like it was it was really just more of a a heart issue that he had to get get kind of settled through first and then everything else would kind of take place cuz you think of you think of somebody like Mother Teresa yeah. who that's all she does is she gives for other people but she's one of the, she's was one of the happiest people that had lived on the on the planet yeah. and for her that was her why to do that maybe for him that's why he has to step back and realize by the way he's helping is not like you said it's not healthy for him the way yeah. that he's he's helping other people so you know it's 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 interesting yeah, it is. And, it's, and again, it's, it's like life. It's a delicate balance. It's a balance of, you know, uh, again, you know, helping and then, you know, family and business, you know, for other people that, you know, that have to make money to support their families. Because not a lot of people, some people aren't in a position to have an abundance of, of funds to be able to do that. So they have to work and, and do other things, right, as opposed to just always help. But, you know, my, my, uh, my adage or my quotes, you know, 
if you help enough people, good things come back to yourself, and it's just karma, right? And and when I'll give of my time many times over, uh, health wise or or advice, it's just who I am. That's the way I'm wired, and uh, you know, ask for nothing in return. It's just helping other people in this world is what makes it go around. Right, right, and it's yeah, it's it's all just it's uh it's definitely that it's that ripple effect, you know. Oh, completely, completely agree. So, Mike. This was this was a great call. Really, that just that biggest t- takeaway from today is is talking about stress and how stress can kill. You know, we, if you really want to get into the particulars of ways that you can approach energy and how you can get energy back into your life, if you are experiencing low energy, I encourage you to reach out to Mike because he can really dive deeply with you and get into the particulars with that. So just head over to Mike's website at mikedaciuk.com. And Mike, it's been absolutely wonderful having you on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Thomas. I really appreciate it. Take care. Take care.